Hi, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I hope uh, everyone is doing very well. I uh, want to share with you all an amazing book that I've um, read called Beyond Order, The 12 More Rules for Life, uh, written by Jordan B. Peterson. Um, he is such an incredible person and a psychologist, a speaker, I would say even someone that gives light in changing people's lives. I've watched a number of his YouTube videos, a um, number of his talks, and what is incredibly humbling about reading into the works of Jordan Peterson is how authentic he is. And I really felt by listening to his works, I really want to um, share with my audience um, how how incredible I think the gems that he has actually shared through through you know his own honesty authenticity so I thought what would be really nice I think um in also sort of impacting um in line with my works um with New Space 2060 about positively impacting a billion people in the instance of directly want, wishing to help entrepreneurs um in the new space sector is I want to actually do a summary. Um, it's not like your usual, I guess, what you call a reading group where, you know, you gather together, you talk about a particular book and sort of discuss about it. Um, instead, I think I'm doing the legwork for you guys um, in the idea of sort of how I can possibly summarise the different rules and then, you know, give you your sort of daily dose of energy um, in, in sort of pondering and reflecting how, you know, these rules uh, reflect upon your life. So what I want to say about the book uh, Beyond Order, what I really love about it is you're pretty much captivated from the get-go about his own personal crisis where he wakes up in the hospital in Russia and finds himself at loss as to where he is, what's going on, and just the immense impact of what's been going on in his personal life. And I have to say that when you encounter um, very powerful, influential people with with such um, level of, I think, impact is when they open up and talk about their own personal crises, you do end up even respecting them that much more because it's really coming from a place of heart and it's really coming from a place not of shame but actually of genuinely wishing to share and help others. So I think for me that is a kind of leadership which is is no short of delegation but rather really putting oneself at the center stage of responsibility which is one of his key um, I guess um, values um, that he shares with others. But let's talk about rule one. Do not carelessly denigrate social institutions or creative achievement. What I find really um, interesting is in this first chapter, he uses um, tarot card, the full, um, in, in line with his chapter. And what's very beautiful about it is um, the full in tarot reading, even though I'm not an um, expert in this, but I do love um, tarot cards, I have my own set, um, is the full is to live with a certain level, not just ignorance, but with a level of bravery that withstands any social criticism or um, judgment of others. So to give an example, probably when um, Columbus tried to travel the world and people said to him, well, you know what, um, you're going to fall off the edge of the earth, you're probably never going to find what you're looking for, with notwithstanding that to actually say, you know what, it's okay, I, I, will, I will in any event stumble upon what I will find. 
So what is really beautiful is in here, he talks about sanity as a social institution. And of course, he refers to the great psychologists of Freud and um, and Jung in, in terms of what sanity actually means and how profound it is. Um, for example, when we talk about judgment, um, you know, when the social norm of what is acceptable is unacceptable, um, you know, nowadays, you know, kids, students, um, even in the workplace, when we try to strive for what is success and what is the mainstream notion of success and what is it when we, in essence, divert from the mainstream, how would other people, you know, look at us? Now, with the onset of COVID-19, I think what we used to deem as the norm um, pretty much has um, stratified and varied um, with the focus um, probably more so into the, the the psyche of mindfulness and how, you know, different levels of problems of what we considered back then problems pre-COVID and now post or being that we're still in COVID, um, how do we find that balance of, you know, striving for our intellectual stimuli, um, you know, appreciation of daily life, finding meaningful engagement with peers, for kids in the classroom, for work colleagues when we're working remotely. So I think he talks a lot about, you know, as an individual, we've got to try and figure out what we thrive on. And and when when we look into that and we look at our own developments, and he's a very reflective author, I have to say, um, and, and how we learn things. Um, who is it that we turn to and and how does our environment you know shape us i think you know one of the things he does um i think draw upon and i do get a very strong feeling about is he's all about bottom-up it's it's not about hierarchical structures that influence us but rather how do we you know survive the state that we're at um you know we can obviously look at our ancestor with their millions of years of um, you know, behaviors, inputs, and that could is very well documented and something we can obviously look at. And if we take it even a stage further, if we were to look at how, you know, scientific um, experiments are made on lab rats and, and all of that, we could say, well, we as human beings are quite complex cultures. We live in a system of internal hierarchy, um, you know, willingly or unwillingly. And and then we we try to understand that in in terms of you know, the new world order. And one of the interesting things is he talks about, you know, the newborn infant and how, you know, with all the emotions that is anger, sadness, fear, what we, you could say, start off as is a new sheet of paper where we're really pretty much, you know, um, untouched to that extent. And then he also references a Jean Piaget, who is obviously very um, an established psychologist on play partners. And how we, through games, through um, different notions of what is fair play, what is not, and how that kind of plays out as we grow from being babies, kids, to then adults, and how that um, development then impacts on our relationships, be it personal, platonic um, work environments, and so forth. Now, when he talks about, um, you know, the utility of the fool, I guess 
you know, he focuses on two things. One is gratitude and humility. And with some of you who, who know me, I, I'm all about gratitude. So in the morning, I try to meditate on gratitude, um, basically everything, um, you know, in life, you know, from the food on the table to the family members, to the work and opportunities that I have. And he does quite extensively write about the concept of the fool, um, which I also encourage others, if you're interested, to um to look into it as well and and I think what perhaps he is alluring to and not really addressing as well what I find is is there is a struggle between when we talk about the hierarchy and then he switches on to the necessity of equals is because in society um for the greater in the western world at least you know this idea of equality of opportunity regardless of race gender and so forth is very um very important um but he also emphasizes i think that on a practical level that that's why it's important to have good friends friends that can appreciate um how we're like where we're from and and this kind of mutual bonding um perhaps quite importantly when we're kids but not so um, and more so probably when we're adults. And he, of course, I think brings upon his own um, uh, professional experience working with the unemployed and and um, adults with serious um, mental issues is, is that these, I think, changes, and he uses the word of peer regulation, which I find quite, quite amusing when you talk about emotions, you talk about emo- regulation of emotions, but he talks about peer um, regulation, which I, I guess is, you know, they say um, how you judge um, how you are as a person and in terms of the relationships have with people is pretty much five degrees, right? So, or be it the, you know, if you even count the, the most important five to 10 relationships and how that impacts you. And and he shares, and he's even poetic about it. He, he has a poem by Rob Burns. Um, and then he goes on to talk about the top dog. And I love it because on the one hand, of course, it's a very serious topic. But on the other hand, you can't help but think that you kind of wonder whether, um, you know, the, the notion that he talks about, we, we delegate in essence, we, we assume we have a competent authorities to deal with perplexing problems at hand, um, and that it's almost philosophical to talk about this notion of responsibility, but that yet at the same time, he delegates so much on personal responsibility. And he doesn't really, I think, put power in a very positive light to the extent that he talks about those that are power hungry, tyrannical and cruel, even psychopathic. And of course, each, every society can, can I guess, in, translate and interpret uh, how in their society um, such authority has been um, labelled or or seen as, but even notwithstanding um, the unsatisfactory nature of some institutions, he does emphasise how important it is necessary, but that in itself is not sufficient. Um, and I think the beautiful thing about uh, what he's getting to is in society we do need each and every sector of players um, and and this whole idea of how in nature we really are trying to find a balance. Um, and I think what is really beautiful about rule number one is, is rather than ostracizing the differences that we're seeing and perhaps 
you know, maybe the challenges faced by, you know, kids studying at school, people working at home is not so different, be it that you're in one country to another. But I think he really harps on about, you know, this idea of consciousness. And there are so many wonderful authors that, that also talk about that. But then he tries to personalize hierarchy where, um, you know, this is an opportunity for transformation. It's an opportunity for where, you know, it's no longer about the social institutions that are shaping us, but rather what kind of decisions we are making on a daily basis. And she and he uses um, examples of um, heroes and heroines um, from J.K. Rowling's um, Harry Potter. And, and I really love that because he draws upon, you know, things that we would relate to. So he also talks about, you know, Disney's Pocahontas um, and the dilemmas faced with that. So as a reminder for some of you, um, so Pocahontas was a, a hero, heroine character, I suppose, and she acted, you know, in a higher moral ground um, to a certain extent, um, you know, defending the foreigners, as it were, um, and, and how, you know, she plays a role in mediating between, you know, her community and the external world. Um, and then she all, and he also talks, and he makes references, of course, um, to the Bible and and how paradoxes may emerge as as well in life. And I think what he, I think at the end of the day, I think what he's um, coming at is notwithstanding the imperfections of social institutions, we in any event shouldn't just. Um, put them aside, we in any event understand that we are born into certain social structures, whether we um, accept it or not. For example, when you're born as a child, you don't determine whether you're born first or last. Um, when you're born in a certain country, certainly you don't have a say as to, you know, of course, later you might migrate in life, but to a certain extent, we don't really have that, um, the ability to choose. But but when we're older and we're more conscious and we're mature and we go through the system, we're able to appreciate what the system allows and doesn't allow us for. And I think he really also um, harps on about how we shouldn't denigrate not just social institutions but creative achievement because as much as and I think um, J.K. Rowling's story is so beautiful is the struggles she had in her personal life. But then through writing Harry Potter you know, her life just skyrocketed and became such a successful writer that how we can also overcome societal stereotypes by really being our genuine self, i.e. being the fool in not worrying about people's prejudgments and concerns. So this is so beautiful. And I want um, to share this with you um, as the first chapter. And I will be sharing with you um, the following day, rule number two. If you like what you hear and you're and you're happy, um, by all means, um, do check out and follow um, New Space Twenty Sixty. I'm on Telegram, Instagram, and if you would like to connect with me um, on LinkedIn, by all means. Uh, and thank you, and I look forward to speaking to you next time.